Welcome to the Life Point Louisville podcast. We hope you enjoy this message by Pastor Sean McGill. For more information about this podcast and for other resources, visit lifepointlou.org. I'm just going to go ahead and preach. Is that okay? Genesis chapter 2. If you'll stay up here with me, Bria. Genesis chapter 2, verse number 7. Then the Lord God formed man. Everybody say, that's me. (laughs) Come on, we going to talk back today? Everyone say, that's me. Come on, you'll get out of church what you put into church. Sometimes if... You want something from God, you got to give Him something. Sometimes it's good to open your mouth. Then the Lord God formed man from the dust of the ground, and He breathed breath. Ruah. Into His nostrils. It was the breath of life. And then man Then man became a living being. Oh, he was formed. He had some bones and flesh and maybe the organs, but it wasn't till the Ruah breathed. The breath of life. It is his breath in our lungs. It is his breath that we are singing from today. And he breathed the breath of life into man. And man at that point became a living being. Acts chapter 2, when the day of Pentecost had came, they were all together in one place. And suddenly there came a blowing of a violent wind. This wind came from heaven. It wasn't a wind that was just from what was around them. It wasn't a rainy or a stormy day. It was a violent blowing wind from heaven. This word in the New Testament would be pneuma. It's the same word that was used in the Old Testament in the Hebrew, ruah. The wind, the breath, from the beginning of time to now. It's the same thing blowing. It is the wind of God, the breath of God from heaven. It filled the room. They seemed or saw what seemed to be tongues of fire that separated and came to rest on each of them. And all of them were filled with the breath of God, the Holy Spirit. And when they received that spirit, they began to speak in other tongues as the breath enabled them it is the breath of God that we need more than anything it is the breath of God that you need in your marriage it is the breath of God that you need as you lead at your job it is the breath of God that you need in every relationship it is the breath of God that in him we move and we live and we have our being see without breath we are nothing Without breath, this world was never created. In Genesis chapter 1, it was the Spirit of God. It was the Ruah. That before anything was ever created, when the earth was formless and void, the Bible says the Spirit of God, the breath of God, it was hovering over the waters. 
And the breath of God would do something that only the breath of God could do. The breath of God would speak, would speak this whole world into existence. See, God didn't construct the world, he spoke the world. He didn't build it with his hands, he built it with his breath. When he created, it was the breath of God that spoke, let there be light, and there was light. It was the breath of God that spoke to the earth and the heavens and the galaxies and the stars. And the breath of God breathed and they existed. It was the breath of God that every living creature, every plant, every animal, every livestock, it was the breath of God. Job chapter 10 or chapter 12 verse number 10 says in his hands is the life of every creature and in his breath is all mankind oh it was his breath that formed this place it was his breath that not only formed the galaxies and the planet and the livestock and the waters. It was his breath that said whales and whales showed up. It was his breath. But it was also his breath that gave us the word of God. Second Timothy says all scripture is God breathed. Oh, his breath was there at the beginning and his breath is here today. It is the breath of God that breathed upon men and women of the old to write the scriptures. Oh, these men didn't just pen words that were good thoughts. They were more than just eyewitness accounts while they were eyewitness accounts, but they were God breathed. It was the spirit of God enabling them. It was the Spirit of God that was moving as they stroked the pen across the page. It was the Spirit of God breathing. Every human being, every living creature, the Word of God, all formed and fashioned by a breath. Without breath, we are nothing. Without breath, you are just skin and bones. It is breath that enters your lungs that makes you a living creature. It is breath that you have until you don't, and one day you will breathe your last breath, and you will know that God created you, and God is in control, and God formed you, and he is the giver of life, and breath. I think that's why the enemy has tried so hard to take our breath. I think from the very beginning of time, we've seen the enemy try to attack God's breath. Attacking the word, the breath of God. Attacking the life that's in us. He wants us to stay bound. He wants us to stay defeated. He wants us to stay in a pit 
of just destruction and hell and fear and just all of those things. And he wants to take your breath away. How come it is that we walk through seasons where we're so anxious and we're so depressed and we say things like, I just feel like I can't even breathe. Maybe you've been there where that breath was taken away from you. In a moment, you did something, you said something, you experienced something, and it was like just life knocked the wind out of you. It was that moment that Satan wanted to come in and just just have you exist a little bit. It's that moment that Satan wants to come in and say, you may be physically alive, but you will be spiritually dead. John 10 and 10, he came to give us life. Oh, we're physically alive. But not only did he come to give us life, but he came to give us life to the full. He really wants us to be fully alive. And it's not until breath is in us and enters us and is a part of us that we are a living creature. And so the enemy wants nothing more than to take the breath out of your dreams. He wants nothing more than to take the breath out of your hopes. He wants to take the breath out of your finances and your marriage. He wants to take the breath out of that son or daughter that's ran from God. He wants to take the breath out of you when you mess up, when you make that mistake when you have that Friday night that you lay your head on the pillow and you know, I wish I wouldn't have done that. I wish I wouldn't have said that. I wish I wouldn't have consumed that. And the enemy wants to squeeze the life out of you in those moments. Oh, the enemy had thought he won. When Jesus spent 33 years walking full of life and breath, breathing the same air that we breathe, the breath of the Father. And the enemy thought he won when there Jesus was hanging on a cross. And in John chapter 19, verse number 30, when he had received a drink, Jesus says, it is finished. And with that, he bowed his head and gave up his spirit, pneuma, breath. And in Mark 15, 37, Jesus cried aloud and breathed his last breath. I can only imagine as Jesus breathed his last breath that Satan was rejoicing. That the enemies were throwing a party. The breath is gone. The giver of life is vanished. We have killed him once and for all. The breath that he offers and the breath that he gives, it is gone. He has breathed his last breath. But the enemy cannot take what he did not form. And the enemy cannot take what he does not have. See, the enemy was created with the breath of God, so he cannot take the breath that he was created with. See, that breath is eternal. That breath spoke it all into existence, and so the enemy could not take it. And so God breathed the breath back into Jesus, resurrected breath back in his body, and he shows up to his disciples. 
And in John chapter 20, verse number 22, the enemy thought he had won. The enemy thought it was over. And what Jesus would do here in this next moment, oh, it was a game changer. Oh, it would change everything once and for all because it was a line in the sand that I am the giver of life and I am breath and you cannot take my breath away and you cannot take my breath from the church and you cannot take my breath from what I'm doing here on earth. In fact, not only am I gonna just give people life, but I'm gonna breathe in a new way that enemy you cannot stop. I am gonna breathe on my people and I'm gonna breathe on my church and my breath will cover the earth in a new way. And in 1 Corinthians 15, 45, so it is written, the first Adam became a living being, but the last Adam, Jesus Christ, was a life-giving breath. Breath, spirit. And in John chapter 20, verse number 22, Jesus, after crying out with his last breath, now fully alive, resurrected, looked at his his followers and he breathed on them. So many things he could have chose to do. So many things that could have happened in that moment. But I think it was just a prophetic reminder Satan cannot take what I give. And he looked at them and he breathed on them and said, receive the Holy Spirit. But it's not just for you. Go and wait. Go and wait for this breath that the prophet foretold of long ago the breath that would be poured out on your sons and your daughters and all those that are far off. And in Acts chapter two, they waited in an upper room and a violent breath, a wind from heaven came and it set on them. It breathed on them. They all began to speak in other tongues as the breath of God enabled them Oh, they were living. They were physically alive, but that was the moment they would be spiritually alive forever. That was the moment God's breath would enter his church and it would be the breath of God that would be in that place, in that meeting, that would be here from now until eternity. And it would be that breath that launched the church into action. It would be that breath that everything, everything that we're experiencing today in this room, it would be that breath breathed in that moment that was the biggest game changer. It was foretold long ago. I can't help but to think of Ezekiel chapter 37. Ezekiel chapter 37, Israel is physically alive, but they are in a death-like existence. They are not fully alive. Oh, they're not dead, but they're not living. 
10 years in exile in Babylon and the hand of the Lord. Oh, it comes on Ezekiel and he brings him out by the breath 10 times or more in this passage of scripture, this breath, Ruah, is used. And the spirit of God, the breath of the Lord sent him to the middle of a valley. Sent him to a middle of a valley full, the Bible says, of dry bones. And he led them back and forth. And Ezekiel said he saw a great many bones on the floor, bones that were very dry. And then he asked me, son of man, can these bones live? Do you have any faith? Can these bones live? Sovereign Lord, you alone know. And he said to me, prophesy to the bones. And say to them, dry bones, hear the word of the Lord. Hear the breath of the Lord. All scripture is God breathed. Hear the breath of the Lord. This is what the sovereign Lord says to these bones. I will make breath enter you and you will come alive. I will attach tendons and make flesh come upon you and cover you. I will put breath in you and you will come to life. And then you will know that I am the Lord. And so Ezekiel prophesied what he was commanded. And as he was prophesying, oh, a rattling sound came together bone to bone, flesh on flesh. But that wasn't enough. The Bible says he prophesied. What he was doing is he was preaching to the bones. Every week what I'm doing in this room is I'm preaching to the bones. I'm preaching to the dryness. I'm preaching to those that are weary and tired. And you feel like you're in the valley. He was prophesying to the bones, but that did not make them come to life. My preaching cannot do anything for you. Oh, it can only point you to the one that is the giver of life. My preaching cannot change you. You cannot be changed by watching a sermon on Instagram. You cannot be changed by, you know, somebody else's experience with God. There is only one thing that can change you. And it is the breath of God. And so Ezekiel, he prophesied and he saw the bones coming together, but there was no life in them yet. And so he stood back and he shifted gears and he said, oh, this isn't working. I mean, they're rattling a little bit. They're moving a little bit. But in verse number eight, he says, I looked at the tendons and they appeared and there was skin that covered them, but there was no breath in them. And then he said to me, prophesy to the breath, Ezekiel. Prophesy To the breath, the Son of Man says. This is what the Sovereign Lord says. Come, breath. Come, breath from the four winds and breathe into the slain so they may live. And so he prophesied as commanded and breath. Ruah. It entered them and they came to life because it is the spirit of God that makes you and it is his breath that gives you life we need the breath of God 
you need the breath of God. This church needs the breath of God. It was breath that gave them life. It was breath that this world was created. It was breath that launched the early church to do what they did and allowed you to come and sit in a place like this today. It is breath that you feel right now, not my words. It is breath that you experience when you celebrated someone coming up being raised to new life. It is the breath of God, the Holy Spirit, that led you to salvation. Oh, we need it. Yesterday, and I hope you can't tell, but it was written in this message in about five minutes in a moment of prayer. I feel like I couldn't stop writing. It wasn't a message that God was just giving me in a moment, no, it's a message that God has been giving me for the last two years. Jennifer and I have been praying, God, move, move in our team, move in our church, help us have hunger in our church. And I feel like I've asked the question a thousand times, God, why did you call us to Louisville? God, why did you have us start a church here? God, what is it that's different? What do you want to do through us? This world didn't need, this city didn't need another church. They didn't need another preacher. What is it that you brought us here for? God, I need a mandate from heaven. I need to commission our church to something bigger. God, I need a reason why. A mandate is an authority to carry out a course of action. God, I need authority. I need authority. I don't need talent. I need authority to give our church a course of action. We need marching orders as an army of God to go. And so the title of this message today is Our Mandate. And as I was praying yesterday, God, give me a mandate for our church. I felt the Holy Spirit breathe on me and say, I already have. I gave it to you two and a half years ago when you pulled up that article from 1905 and the title of the headline that nobody has read probably in this church until I read it to you. It was God given to me in that moment, God illuminating a mandate, God illuminating a, a, a reason why he sent us and the title of the headline that I read last week said the whole city seemed to be breathing a spiritual atmosphere. Oh church, we have a mandate here. And it's not just for me to give you pretty sermons. And it's not just for us to be, you know, a talented team of musicians on a stage and market well. I believe the mandate from heaven, the reason why we exist as a church is God brought us here to see a whole city breathing a spiritual breath and if you think that's arrogant for me to say may I just remind you it is not me that has any breath it is not me that can do anything to a city it is only the people of God breathing the breath of God exhaling it that allows a city to become alive I believe the mandate of this church is to help a whole city breathe a spiritual breath 
Oh, there's too many people that religion has taken the breath out of them. There's too many people that Churchill Downs has taken the breath out of them. There's too many people that alcohol and addiction and vices of every kind has taken the breath out of them. There's too much church hurt taking the breath out of them. But I'm here today to prophesy. To prophesy to the breath. Oh, breath of God. Oh, breath of God, would you come from the east, the west, the north, the south, and may you cover this city with your breath. Father, the thing that marks this church, may it be the breath of God. May when people walk into this church, may they say, I just felt something different. It was like I could breathe again. And so God, may you help us breathe again. May you allow our church to be marked by breath. This city is in a valley. I don't know if you know that. Help but to think, a valley of dry bones. God brought us to a valley of dry bones. This city in 2014 was named the number one worst city for allergies and breathing. How many of you are thankful for some Zyrtec? This city can barely breathe in the natural but I think it also is struggling in the spiritual. When my son was born, he had an Apgar score of two. God was trying to take his breath. But today I'm reminded the breath of God breathed into him in that moment. And he is a living creature full of joy and passion. I can't tell you how many times I've been to the doctor because I thought I was having a heart attack only to realize it was honestly nothing and I feel like I'm learning it is Satan trying to take my breath. It's a reason why every time I get stressed sometimes I feel like, oh, some of you, that's for you. Every time you get stressed, you feel a weight in your chest and it's like Satan's trying to take your breath away. I just am figuring out and I'm learning now at 37 years old, when that happens, I've got to prophesy to the breath. I've got to remind myself of the breath that's in me. Jennifer's mom has been struggling with cancer. It is the breath that she has has really been affected by. She is struggling to even breathe. And I've been reminded breath. I don't think it's a coincidence that God caused us to start this church in COVID. He had a church that he'd give a mandate to that would be a house of breath. He had a, a breathing center he was sending to Louisville where people could come and like my little boy when he gets sick, he'd get that nebulizer treatment and it would bring air back to his lungs. God had a church that Sunday mornings would feel like getting neb. And so he knew what he wanted. And so he forever reminded me. He said, I'll start this church in COVID. 
I'll start a church about breath and COVID. What I wanna do through the McGills, I'm gonna do in COVID because they are the vessels that I've called to send to Louisville to bring breath to a city so a whole city can breathe a spiritual breath. I believe now more than ever, our mandate is to help people breathe the breath of God. We came into this city and there was not enough breathing centers to help those in the natural that had no breath. And now that we have been in this city for two years, oh, COVID may be on the out. We may not be wearing masks again, but there is still a whole lot of people struggling to breathe and there are not enough churches in this city there is not enough churches in this city that can help the amount of people that need to breathe the breath of God. And so we need more church planners to come here. We need more churches to focus on the breath because I believe we are about to enter into a season as a church where the enemy has tried to take the breath. The enemy thought during COVID as people exited the church. How many of you know a lot of friends that used to go to church don't go to church anymore. As people exited, he thought, oh, I've taken their last breath. Oh, they're never gonna breathe again. But how many of you know, I just believe, just like the book of Acts, that just when the enemy thinks he's gonna take this last breath, God says, no, I'm gonna breathe a fresh breath on the church. And I believe, and if you believe it, I want you to stand to your feet. I believe that God is sending a fresh breath to his church. I believe that God is sending a fresh breath to this city. And I believe that God wants to send a fresh breath to you. And so may our Sundays from here until we close our doors because Jesus has brought us home. May the church that we hand off to the next generation, may the legacy that is built here, may it be that of a breathing center. May this be a breathing center where people get hooked up to breath again. Somebody asks, where do you go to church? Oh, I go to a breathing center over in Northeast. What is that? It's just a place where the breath of God is. If you're weary, if you're tired, if you're worn out, if you're sick, if you're hopeless, come to church with me. They'll help you breathe again. Come to church with me. They'll help you have life again because he is the only thing. You need to start looking your friends in the eyes and telling them you've been trying everything to give yourself breath. You've been trying self-help. You've been trying Instagram. You've been trying drugs. You've been trying alcohol. You've been trying sleeping with every person that would say yes to you, but you need to to try the breath of God. He will breathe breath in you and it will change you and it will be the only thing that makes you come to life again. And so today, I wanna have an altar call and you might say, well, we already did altar calls the last two weeks. This city needs moments in the presence of God. Just because we ate last week doesn't mean we shouldn't eat again. Nobody woke up and said, well, I ate yesterday, so there's no reason for me to eat again. When I open these altars, our team's gonna be down here to pray for you if you want prayer. But I believe the altar call today is for those that need breath. If you are in this room and you feel like Satan has tried to take the breath away from you, I want you to come to this altar. Don't be embarrassed. Come on, if you feel like breath has been taken from you, it could be one, it could be five, but I believe 
that right now in this moment, if that is you, that God is gonna breathe into you. That God is gonna breathe the breath of life into your weary body. That God is gonna do something in you that a sermon couldn't do, that, 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 that a worship song necessarily couldn't do. All of this was just to help you understand that Jesus is the giver and the breath of life. And so if you need breath again, may you find yourself at an altar today, breathing again. If you've never received the breath of God, breathing on you and sitting upon you and you want that today I want to ask at this moment that you would just lift your hands to heaven nobody's going to point you out or call you out come on hands going up all across this room if that's you and today you want to receive the baptism of the Holy Spirit the breath from heaven ready to breathe on you with hands lifted up here's all it takes it, it, it's not some like supernatural crazy thing where I got to come and shake you and do some weird stuff with you. No, it just takes a mind made up that I need something that is supernatural, that is above my thinking, above my, 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 my understanding, but something that is heavenly. We are trying to fix too many problems with earthly situations. We need some supernatural power to do what God wants to do in our life. And so if you want to receive the Holy Spirit, I want to encourage you to lift up your hands and just ask God for it. Say, God, give me the Holy Spirit. God, activate it in my life. God, let it rain down from heaven on me. And you've got to open up your mouth. You've got to open up your mouth. And as you begin to praise Him, and as you begin to worship Him, I just believe that the Holy Spirit is going to fall on you. And so, Father, right now I prophesy to the breath. Holy Spirit, would you come from the four corners, from every part of heaven? And would you come, and just as you did in the book of Acts, with cloven tongues like that of a fire, would it come and sit upon our church? Oh, we need more of you. We need more of your breath. We need more of your Holy Spirit. Spirit, Lord, in Jesus' precious Thanks for listening to the LifePoint Louisville podcast. If you would like to partner with us in spreading the good news of Jesus, you can give by visiting lifepointlou.org forward slash give or text LCLOU to 77977. Thanks so much. We hope you have an incredible week.